0: It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason.
1: Welcome to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and we are here on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we are talking all about the number one reason why people aren't buying what you're selling. That doesn't have anything to do with your product, whether it's great or not, because you guys, we all know people that have really crappy products or really bad services, and yet they sell them. And you think, how is that even possible? How is that even possible? We all know that my kids are famous for this. They bring home those little tchotchkes at school. And I think, who buys this? Oh yeah, my kids do. Like they know their market really well. So that's what they have going for them. But the product is really not that great. I mean, it breaks within 10 seconds. Those slinkies that go down the stairs. So I'm not talking about the the actual slinky, the metal one. I'm talking about those cheap plastic ones that they pay like $3 for out of a vending machine. And the first time they attempt to take it down the stairs, the thing crumbles up and breaks. And then they're crying, which is a great revenue stream because they're like, mom, this was so cool. I really wanted one. Can you please take me back and get another one? And so then they just keep buying these $3 slinkies until finally I say, oh my gosh, stop the madness. So we all have that story about the, the stuff that sells that really isn't that great. But the number one reason that people are, aren't buying what you're selling has nothing to do with the quality of your product or service. And that's one of the biggest mishaps that we think. It has to do with your, your quality or service. It, it actually doesn't. So I'm going to share it with you right now. And when I tell it to you, if you click off with the show, you'd actually get benefit from this. So I'm going to tell you the number one reason that people aren't buying what you're selling. Are you ready? Drum roll. It's because you're making it about you. You're making it about you. And I can say I've fallen trapped to this a lot. And I'm not, I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> That's not who I am. And yet it's really easy to fall into the trap. And it's, it's because people buy to get out of pain, not to get into pleasure. Okay? People buy to get out of pain, not to get into pleasure. But as somebody who wants to just wrap my arms around everyone in the world and say, it's going to be okay, I don't want people to sit in pain. It's uncomfortable for them and it's uncomfortable for me. So I want to get them out of the pain as soon as possible. But the thing is, people only buy when they're in the pain, when they're feeling the pain. So once we pull them out of that, and I'm a really great coach, I'll pull you out of your pain quickly because I can support you in that way, but you're not going to buy then. You're not going to buy. And so when I talk about what I do as a coach, if I talk about the solutions, which is if you look at coaches and consultants, this is a huge challenge in this industry. We talk about, I help people do this. I help people create the life of their dreams. I help people build this, if you're an architect, I help people design this wonderful house. So we're talking about what they can create. If they commit to us, this is what they're going to create. Well, that is a solution. People don't buy solutions from, uh, they want to buy out of the pain. okay? So if you want to sell me my dream house, Talk to me first about what I don't like anymore. Are you tired of the cramped feeling of moving from one room to the other and kicking boxes and Legos all around the floor? Now I can move into what would it be like if now I get my solutions. But if you look at almost every headline ever, when we talk about value propositions and why you should come, why you should be a, work with me, Why you should be my client? We talk about I help, I we we use all these statements that are about us, and we fool ourselves into thinking that that's actually supporting. We're saying this is what I help you do. This is what I I support you in doing. But the reality is, it makes it about us, and we get to put ourselves in the mind of our prospect. Okay, so this is something that I've walked through, especially as even if you would have asked me gosh, even six months ago, what I did, I'd say, oh, I'm an executive coach. I speak and I'm an executive coach. But the reality is I'm actually an executive advisor. So coaching would mean that I'm going to support you. I'm not, we talked on the show about the difference between coach and consultant. And now I'm going to introduce a new term that's advisor, Okay, advisor. So coach versus consultant. A consultant comes in and says, I have the answer and I'm going to teach it to you. That's a consultant. We have the solution. I'm going to give you the solution. A coach says, you have the answer and I'm gonna support you in pulling that out. An advisor says, depending on the moment, I'm going to straddle both of those lines. There are gonna be times when you require a coach because you absolutely have the answer. And there's gonna be times when you just require that step-by-step process moving forward and I'm gonna call forward a step for you. If you just don't see it, if it's not possible, I'm going to call forward a step, and then I'm going to go right back into coaching. But there are times when you may require a consultant, and I'm going to play both of those lines. Okay, so that's an advisor. They know which where, when to play a coach and when to play a consultant, but there is definitely a distinction between the two, and an advisor understands that. An advisor takes their wealth of knowledge and says, I'm going to apply my wealth of knowledge not from a telling you how to do something, but from you knowing that I've got your back. I've been where you've been. I've seen what you've seen. Now, if you want to get somewhere, you always go to the person that's already been there or can help you sort through what's going on in the middle. So think about, let's just use coaching because it's a business that I know so well. A lot of coaches, they talk about, I help you land your dream job. Okay? I help you sort through the emotional blocks that are standing your way. Now, think about that. If you're somebody that understands emotional intelligence and you're somebody that really gets that, you know what an emotional block is. But if you haven't studied that before, you don't know what an emotional block is. And quite frankly, you don't care. All you want to get to is out of the pain that you're experiencing right now. And what pain is that? That's the question. Because when we go deep into the pain that somebody's experiencing, and when we ask them, tell me about what it's like to... Exist in your day to day life right now. What's it like when you get up in the morning? And when you can get somebody talking about that, and you can you can see that there's actual pain there. Understanding what it's like to get up every single day, knowing that you are not the job that you're going to isn't necessarily where your gifts and your talents in your world you're really applying those. Maybe you feel you feel frustrated every single day because you walk into your office and you think, oh my gosh, I got to work for this idiot again. Maybe that's what you're saying in your head, or maybe you're saying, oh, "It'd be so nice if I actually had a team that I could work with because I'm so tired of working by myself." So whatever that is, whatever that pain is, the more that we can really sit in it and talk about it, and it's not because it's wrong. We're not making it wrong. We're just saying let's talk about the pain. The more that we can get in and dig down deep into what the actual pain is, the more likely that somebody wants to buy from you because you're developing trust. You're developing the she understands me or he understands me. They understand me. So think about that. If I'm talking to you as an executive advisor and I say, tell me, how many days are you spending frustrated about what the path forward looks like? I have a client who told me the other day, he says, I got so frustrated. I went to my garage and I picked up a bunch of stuff and I just beat it. I just beat it. I took a baseball bat and I just beat it. And I felt really great afterwards. I said, that's awesome. What a great coping mechanism. He knows how to support himself and call me next time. Because there's no reason we get to add the stress to our body to get to that point. Like, call me, just call me, just pick up the phone and call me. We can work through it. So, so the, some of the, the, the conversations when I'm talking to my clients, after they understand, when they really get to that pain, here's a question that I ask. You can have a ten-minute conversation with me and walk away with clarity and in action, or, or, or you can think about what you want to do for the next week. You can lose sleep. You can anguish. Which sounds better? Which sounds better? Would you pick the losing sleep, the anguish, the? the thinking about something for a week, not knowing what to do, which one would you want, or would you want to have a 10 minute conversation, work through it and move forward? Because I know that's what happens when my clients call me on the phone. That's what happens. The things that they've been sitting on and thinking about, and it's absorbing so much of their time and their energy and their stress levels are raising their blood pressure. It's literally the metrics in their bodies are off the charts because they're so stressed and we have this 10-minute conversation, they can see the path forward and they go forward. It's that simple. But the number one challenge with executives right now, it's not payroll. It's not having enough employees. It's isolation. That doesn't mean that there aren't people around them. It means there aren't people around me that get me. There aren't people around me that get me, that get what I'm going through. And I'm over here saying, hey, That's me. I get you. I've opened businesses. I've closed businesses. I've sold businesses. I've fired a business partner. I've hired a business partner. I've merged companies. I've I've looked at I've I've been a CPI. I've run a marketing firm. I've run seven companies at the same time. Blah, 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 blah. I can go on and on and on. That's not what's appealing. What's appealing is I get you. I understand the pain that you're in. I get it. And so what would you pick? Number one or number two? Would you want to have a 10-minute conversation where you could have clarity and committed action? We are just on fire moving forward, knowing what you you want. Or would you rather sit, think, be stressed out, be frustrated, lose sleep, be in anguish for a week, maybe longer? Which would you choose? Of course you choose number one. And so for me, when I when I was, I used to speak in the terms of most coaches where I'd say, I help you solve complex decisions. I mean, if you could see me, for those of you watching TV, I literally thought I'm puking when I hear that, because the reality is everybody can say that. I help you solve complex decisions. Great. I don't want to solve a complex decision. I want to be out of the anguish. I wanna be out of the pain I'm feeling. Sell me that and I'll buy it all day long. Sell me that and I'll buy it all day long. So for me, when I thought about that, I said, and I'm gonna read this because I'm still working on it, guys. I'm telling you, this is a work in progress. If you heard the tagline of the show, it says we're going to be raw and vulnerable. And I'm sharing with you as I'm learning about this and where I get to go deeper, because the hopes is that then you hear it, you get to go deeper. Think about what you're up to and where are you selling a solution, but not addressing the pain. If you don't address the pain, you're not relatable and people don't get it. They think, oh, that person's up on their high horse. I've gotten that feedback so many times. Oh, Kathleen, she's up there. It's not because I'm better than anybody cuz really, you guys, I'm not. My my poop stinks like anybody else's. Yep, I said that on live radio. And so I'm going to share with you my tagline. That says when you don't know who to call, you call me and I answer. When you don't know who to call, you call me and I answer. Here are the kinds of things we talk about. Having tough conversations. What to do In what seems like losing situations, how to move forward when you aren't exactly sure what to do and what the future looks like. So think about that. I could go on and on on those lists, but I'm starting to describe the pain points, the types of conversations that are going on in my prospects' heads. And so when you don't know who to call, you call me, and I answer. I didn't even think that was unique. If somebody calls me on the phone, of course you answer the phone. And then my mentor on Friday he says to me. He says, Kathleen, I bet you don't know anybody that you would call and they wouldn't answer. I said, well, no, when you, when you call somebody, they answer. And he goes, but that's not the world. 90% of the world doesn't operate that way. I sat back in my chair. I said, oh, I got punched to the stomach in a really good way because you're, you're really, la- I, I got to land in what was unique about that. Why would I put, and I answer? If it wasn't apparent to me that the rest of the world wouldn't. So when you don't know who to call, when you're, when you're going through these situations, you don't know who to call, you call me and I answer. That's the pain that people are experiencing. Now, if I just talked about the solution, Oh, would you like clarity? And would you like to be in committed action? Then call me great, but that's not relatable that's not relatable. It gets to answer when you don't know who to call, when you're so frustrated, when you're when you have, are having tough conversations, when you don't know what to do because it seems like every single answer is a losing situation. When you have to move forward, but you aren't exactly sure what to do and you have no idea what the future looks like, that's when you call me. You hear that difference? So really talking into the pain. She gets me, he gets me, they get me. When you're relatable like that, that's when people care what you're up to. When you're relatable like that, that's what people care. That's when they care what you're up to. Now, think about this: everybody that you meet has their credit card ready to give you. You're giving them every single excuse to put it away. When we don't, when we're not relatable, we're giving everyone an excuse to put their card away. So we're going to go on a quick break. You are listening to the Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, we've talked about the number one reason why people aren't buying from you. So enjoy this quick break. We've got more after this break.
0: Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. eager to hear your message the world awaits contact us today to become an inspired choices network radio host email become a host at inspired choices network.com welcome back to the kathleen recent show pushing the boundaries of leadership to participate in the program join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspired choices network.com now back to the program
1: welcome back you're listening to the kathleen recent show pushing the boundaries of leadership i'm your host kathleen Reeson, and we've been talking about the number one reason people aren't buying what you're selling now i want you to think about employment so if you've paid any attention or maybe you're experiencing this if you're like most companies here in the world, especially where I am in the United States, we are in an employment crisis, an employment crisis. We've been talking about this forever. The war on talent is coming. Nope, it's here. Talent optimization, all these words around HR, it's a really big challenge right now. And here in the state that I live in, in Iowa, we actually have more jobs available than we do people to fill them. So people in the workforce that could possibly fill these jobs. So it's a real challenge and a lot of companies have now shifted with the onslaught of virtual virtual working which thank you to covid really brought that as something that that could be possible. So now they I was just actually at a company last night and it's this awesome company so it's, it's uh, got headquarters in Des Moines which is the town I live in and in, and in Denver. And they have gosh probably oh I don't know I'm guessing maybe 15,000 square foot, three levels of this building. And and so they have a really sizable space, really nice space, like fun games. They have a kitchen area, uh, open concept space. So they've got uh, virtual working environments where they can handle a lot of the virtual business because their business is everywhere. And then they've got another floor that's just basically like cubicle land. And so they've got a really nice setup. Well, what happened during COVID, they went from having people work in the offices to people could work from Anywhere, which meant these offices really aren't relevant anymore. And so now they're saying, well, we really only have like eight to 10, 12, 15 people, maybe at all, that come in across three levels of the building. So maybe if we're lucky, three to five people per floor. Well, you know, companies aren't going to maintain that level of space. So real estate going to be, it has become a real challenge. But the question then is, well, now I've opened up my workforce to anywhere in the world. Anybody in the world can apply for a job. While that sounds wonderful, now I have a challenge of recruiting from anywhere in the world. So you got that challenge. And then you got the people that, manufacturing, for example, that say, I produce a product and the line is here. So I cannot, I, I really have about a 60 mile radius because. The average person's not going to drive more than an hour to get to their job. Some people, I'm sure, but the average person, about 60 miles is the maximum that they're going to drive to their position. So if you're running a manufacturing line, you've got a limited amount of pool, workforce pool. Now, you can either pull from that workforce pool, we call that a labor shed, you can pull from that labor shed, or you can go outside of it, but those people then move into your labor shed. So if I find somebody if I live in in let's say in Des Moines and I'm running my manufacturing line, I either get people to move here or I don't I pull from the existing people that live here. Which you know the population where I live there's there's quite a bit of people in Des Moines, but most of these manufacturers exist in rural areas, which means their labor shed, there aren't as many people around there in rural areas across the country, across the world, but especially across the country and here in Iowa. We're seeing a decrease in population in these rural areas. So now they're saying, okay, I either get to pull from my current labor shed or I bring people to move into the labor shed, which means I work with economic development to really get people excited about moving to this town because I've got, I, I've got a game in here. I want them to move here. So that's why you see employers really stepping up and supporting economic development movements within the company. They want arts and uh, community events. They, they want this community to be really appealing because they want people to move there. When they move into the that labor shed area, then their employment pool becomes larger. So that's why some of these, these business executives spend so much time on economic development boards or chamber of commerce, because that has a huge impact on their business. So now think about this. If there's not, if there's more people than there are jobs, then the challenge becomes how do I get those people to want to come to me? And I had an executive, this is, he calls me up and he says, "I have a real big challenge, one in, in recruitment, one in retention. And, And so I thought about that. Okay, that's every business's challenge, right? That's every business's, recruitment and retention. So now he says, I got to hire 200 people in six months to fill my lines. They were in a deficit. Manufacturer, rural area, I got to hire 200 people to fill my lines. Well, when we dug into it, what had been happening is that they had had a past uh, management team that didn't really run the company so well. And they burned through a lot of employees quickly, like a ton of employees quickly. And so this guy steps in and he says, whoa, it's gonna be different. He makes a lot of changes and people really are, wow, this is this has been a lot of changes. I really enjoy that. Now this is a place I would like to work. But the people that had already burned through, they hadn't communicated that with them. So as far as they knew, this wasn't that great of a place to work. And people in the community that maybe never worked there they only knew the reputation of the past. And so this guy says, I got to hire 200 people in my current labor shed area where the, employee, the, the reputation that we've got isn't that great. And I've got six months to do it. It was like, okay, <laughs> this is great. So we laid out all the different, different thoughts of that. And what ended up happening was we, we did it, we did it in five months. And then we focused on retention because really the reality is the reason he came up with that number of 200 was that he wanted 50 of them to stay and they had a 25% retention at the time. And so in order to get 50 people to stay on the line and work, he had to hire 200 to sort out which 50 would stay. Now, that's the short-term problem. Let's just bring 200 in. But then we go into retention and say a 25% retention isn't going to work. It's not sustainable for a business. So how do we increase that? And what ended up happening was we said, okay, we get to have a really big conversation about the pain of this company. What's the pain and how do we solve it? And so we went into the number one reason why people aren't buying what you're selling. And it was how, one, they already fixed the internal problems of why people wouldn't want to work there. And then it became a marketing problem. And we're talking about all of these changes. They were they just posted the now hiring sign. You guys, if you just walked outside and you just got in your car, parked in a, any commercial area, and you counted how many now hiring signs there are, it'd be unbelievable. You do that task and send me a note. <laughs> just, just go walk a block and tell me how many now hirings you signed. The signs are there everywhere. And then look at them. It's like now hiring. $10 an hour, $15 an hour, $20 an hour. There was actually two restaurants across the street from where I was, from where I where I live. One said, hiring $13 an hour. The one across the street, we pay $13.25 an hour. Essentially the same job, but they were competing on a quarter, cent, quarter difference an hour of price. Now, here's the reality. Just like in that manufacturer that needed to hire 200 employees in six months People don't wanna work somewhere that's just talking about price. The big goal is that we actually bring down that now hiring sign and never put it back up. Never put it back up because the reality is we get to focus on both recruitment and retention. And when our people have a message that's so clear they're going to go share it and they want to be there. They're going to go share it. So then you get referral. Now membership-based membership, membership based businesses, they work the exact same way. And so it's it's really easy to see when you don't focus on yourself. Now that now hiring sign that they're putting up in the window, that's all about me, my company. Hey, guess what? We're an awesome company. We we pay $13 and of course you'd want to come work for me. That's not going to do it. Just like that little slinky that I was talking about earlier to go down the stairs. Nah, they're selling my kids about what it's like to, to have fun. Are you tired of being bored? Buy this cheap slinky. Like, that's they're really talking about that pain, right? They're going into it. They're going deep into it to understand this kid wants wants to have fun. This kid, so they really understood the minds of the kids. Well, I'm saying that employers really get to understand the minds of potential employers. Now, get this. This actually happened. I can't make this stuff up, you guys. This actually happens. So I, I'm at an employer, and I, a manufacturer, and I say, so tell me, have you done a career fair? Because career fairs are a really big deal, especially in manufacturing. Open houses work really well. And they said, yeah, we really want to recruit more people for our third shift, which is the evening shift. And I said, "Okay." so uh, when did you host the open house? They said, oh, it's great. We hosted it during the third shift, which sounds okay." But then you think about it. The people that, that are already working third shift, they can't come to your open house because they're working. So if you want to swoop employees from somewhere else, you can't get them while they're there. And if you wanna get people that aren't working at all, well, great, but you get to ask yourself, why aren't they working and are those the people that I want? Maybe, maybe you could have caught them in lots of different positions that, that they would still be a great candidate for you. But most of the time companies are saying, well, it would be easier for us to promote third shift during third shift so they could see it. But the reality is, Third shift employees can't come to the third shift open house because they're working third shift. If you actually looked at that employee, then we could see, oh, the third shift employee, they really can come after they get off their shift somewhere else. And so really, I should be hosting my open house at 4 a.m. in the morning. Eek! As somebody who likes to sleep, 4am is usually my sleepy time and I don't really want to host an open house, but if I really want quality third shift employees, I'll get my butt out of bed and I'll host it at 4am when it's convenient for them, when it's convenient for them. So I get to understand my pain and their pain and I get to understand where they're at. Because they're not going to be available while they're working somewhere else. And so this is what I'm talking about when I say we make it about us. Putting a now hiring sign up and just nailing it into the ground, it doesn't work. And I can tell you this because I ran um, uh, one of our, our gyms, actually. We would have sessions every, well, four times a year. And when we wanted people to sign up for these sessions, we would we would put a sign. We'd go up there with our sledgehammer and we had these two metal poles and we had this fabric sign that went in between them and it said, Now enrolling with the number. Oh, it was a really nice sign, really well done. Now enrolling. It took me quite a long time to realize, Wow, that is quite egotistical. Just because we say, Hey, we're ready for you now, doesn't mean that the prospect cares. Why would they care? We get to reach into their heart their soul understand their pain what's going on with them and speak in that language and when that aligns also with the time that we're enrolling that's the magic and secret sauce but a lot of times we sit back and say we threw open the doors we said it's time for them to come in why aren't they here i just don't understand where are they? I opened the doors. Why aren't they in line rushing to get in? It blows our mind. And I, I don't say this, there's. I've been there. I have been there. I have been the one that opens the doors and says, why aren't they here? I talked about this. I told them how great it was gonna be. I gave them the solution. Why aren't they here? That's where I've been. And it may be where you are. And if you are, what worked for me was understanding the pain of my prospect and understanding where they were, the questions that they were asking themselves. And when I figured that out, when I asked them the questions, because you do a lot of, just go ask people. They'll tell you and say, where are you? What it, what would you want to hear? So like this stuff that I, that I read through for me, when you don't know who to call, you call me and I answer. Here are the kinds of things we talk about. I actually am asking people, how does this land with you? People that I would like to be clients that I think would be, are in positions where I would think that this would be beneficial. I'm actually asking them, how does this land with you? And I'm not selling you in this moment, but if, if this resonated with you, how much would you be willing to pay for it? They're giving me all the data. It's beautiful, you guys, it's beautiful. It's nothing scientific. And yet this works, this works. So think about it, how can you apply what I'm talking about for you? How can you go into your company and you start looking at really the pain, understanding the pain that your prospect is in. If you're hiring, think about, are you putting the now enrolling sign out, now hiring? Or are you really getting into what it would look like somebody that's working somewhere else that would be coming to you you really understanding where they are because you have to meet them where they are they're not going to meet you where you are you get to meet them where they are and walk them over to you all right guys we're going to go on a quick break you're listening to the kathleen Reason show pushing the boundaries of leadership and guess what there's more enjoy this break
0: are you enjoying the conversations on the kathleen recent show Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back
1: to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, here on Inspired Choices Network. And we've been talking all about the number one reason people aren't buying what you're selling. And it's because... We make it about us. You make it about you. I make it about me instead of about my prospect. My prospect wants to see themselves in my business. They want to see themselves as a client. And when I make it all about me, they can't do that. So I used to think that if I just painted the picture that was so beautiful, the clients would show up. If I just said, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful over here, when you have clarity, when you know you're in committed action and, and you just can see so clearly what the future looks like, wouldn't you wanna have that? You work with me and you'll have that. And I'd speak in that language and yet people didn't show up. I mean, a few did, but not in, not in the, the quantity that I thought they would. Who wouldn't want this? Why wouldn't you want this? This is beautiful. And then I go talk to people. I'm like, well, would you want this? Well, of course I would want this. But they didn't understand how. And it's the equivalent, if we're standing on a bridge, a big bridge, like a drawbridge, okay? like in, a, in, a, in a pirate story, or like a jungle, jungle cruises out, jungle type scenario. And there's this rickety old bridge with, with thin rope handles, And you're walking across. It looks pretty scary. You're not sure that you really want to cross it. And then here's this person on the other side. So you're standing at one end of the bridge. And I'm standing on the other. It's so great over here. Oh, my gosh. It is beautiful. You should see the sun doesn't look anywhere the same as it does over there. The hues are brighter. They're more intense. The blues are bluer. The greens are greener. You're going to love it over here. The grass actually smells like cake. I mean, it's beautiful, come over here. But the, you're on the other side and you're saying, does she not see this bridge? Does she not see how rickety and old it is? Does she not realize that, that it's just within a hair of splitting, this, this rope has turned into yarn and it is about ready to break. And she wants me to cross this bridge to get to her happy high place? what? No way. I'm not going there. Let's let somebody else. And so I'm over there yelling, come on, this is beautiful. Let's go. Let's go. But what I haven't done is say, I get from your vantage point, it looks scary. I get that it looks like that rope is going to snap at any moment. I get that those 30 old wooden boards look like they could just slide out from underneath there and where you might put your foot might actually be a hole and you'll leap to your death. I get that that's what it looks like from your perspective. And believe me, when I crossed that path, when I took that first step, that's exactly what I thought as well. But what I didn't know, what I didn't know was that the rope that's left is actually reinforced. It's quite strong. What I didn't know was that when I took the first step, the second step would be easier. What I didn't know was that if you put your foot right in the middle of the wooden board, it actually balanced out the board and you didn't have that wobbly feeling. I didn't know that. And so what I'm asking you to do right now, you don't have to cross the whole bridge right now, but what I'm asking you to do is take your right foot And I'm asking you to move it forward six inches onto that board. Put both your hands on that rope. And I'm asking you to look at me. I'm not asking you to look to your sides. I'm not asking you to look down. I'm asking you to look at me. Put your right foot six inches forward and land it on that board. Can you do that? Are you willing to do that? So when I spoke in that reference, are you willing to take that first step? So just think about that. Yes or no? When I asked you, to go all the way across the bridge and meet me on my shiny land, were you a yes or were you a no? If you're being honest, you're probably a no. You're like, she's crazy. I'm not going over there. Looks all great. I'm glad for her, but I'm not going there. But when I pointed out how you could do it, how you could actually move your foot forward. Like, okay, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah, okay, I could do that. And what I realized in my business was that I was standing on the other side saying how beautiful it was, but I wasn't stopping to say, "You just grab the ropes, trust me, I've been there. I walked across this bridge and what I want you to do is take your right foot and move it six inches forward, right in the middle of that board. So when we speak in that kind of language, now I mean in (laughs) reference to your business. When we speak in that kind of language, people can come along with us because we're speaking into their pain. In the case of that bridge, they're worried about dying. They're worried about falling over. They're worried about the bridge collapsing underneath them. The rope snapping. Now, if we just ignore that and pretend that's not there, they think we're crazy because it's clearly there. It's clearly there. So we can't ignore it. We can't just paint out the solution. Because when I'm in my pain, I don't see the solution. I certainly don't want to because I'm in my pain. So if you keep talking about the solution and not addressing the pain, your audience can't hear you. They don't think you're relevant and they don't see the truth in what you're saying. But when you understand that where they're at It's hard for me when I'm speaking to my audience. I get it. I know what it's like to feel like you're beating your head against a wall and nothing ever changes. I know what it's like to be in a traumatic situation where you feel like you're just living in trauma. When's the next person that's going to call me to tell me that there's this giant fire that I get to put out. I know what it's like when you're in a situation where you just don't feel like there is a win-win where there's only losing options around you. I know what it's like when you get to walk in and to your office, to this company that you've worked for, you've, you've built, you've you poured your sweat, your, your, your tears, your dreams into, only to deliver news that you know is going to be soul crushing to people. I have been there and I know what it's like to feel like there's nobody else that understands it. And if you want somebody else that understands that, you call me. When you don't know who else to call, you call me and I'll answer. And I'll answer. Now, that's the difference. For me, that's where I got to understand. I got to see that all of my misery, let's call it misery, all of my experiences really are my gifts. And I get to give those back in a way where my knowledge base supports those in front of me. And I've built a company around that. Now, for you, that can mean a lot of different things. But you get to remember that we get to speak into our prospects' pain. If you want them to be clients, you get to understand their pain. And then you get to support them in seeing the solution. If we just verbal vomit the solution to them, they can't see it. They don't understand it. Now I drove up to get groceries the other day. Yesterday I was at the grocery store and I parked my car and I see this little wind banner. You know what I'm talking about? The little pole with the banner on it. And it has writing down the side. Sometimes I see those. Sometimes I see the blow up guys that move back and forth. I say they're guys. I, you know, the the arm things like a body and then arms and they're waving in the wind. Either way you can put copy on these. And I oftentimes see now hiring or, Come to this event. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Why do I care? I oftentimes breeze right past these and I don't see them. But I'll tell you what, when I'm with my kids, yesterday we were driving down the street to the grocery store and my son looks out the window and he goes, Mom, look, a bouncy house, a bouncy house. Now, I don't know what that company was advertising that bouncy house, but it wasn't a kid's or it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a bouncy house company. It was just a company that had a bouncy house in their parking lot. This is on a Sunday. And my son says, oh, mom, we should stop. That looks so fun. And I'm kind of bored today. And I'd really, i really like to have fun. Well, there was nobody out by this bouncy house. We would have been like stalkers showing up. Like, so I heard you had a bouncy house and we wanted to ride on the bouncy house. So I kept driving. I said, well, we'll look at it on our way back. We ended up taking another route home. Shocker between you and me you don't have to share that with him he's only eight he doesn't get it (laughs) or maybe he does (laughs) anyway Uh, so I looked at the the place that was hosting this bouncy house it was a kid's dance studio I mean how brilliant they understood the pain of the kids that were driving by and they said we're going to put a bouncy house in the parking lot so that when the the families drive by the kids say mom dad look a bouncy house can we stop And when they had their festivities, I'm sure they had lots of people out there later on in the day and it would have drawn people in. So we just happened to drive by a little bit earlier, but had we driven by maybe an hour later and they were in their high, my kid would have said again, Hey mom, can we stop? And I would have said, Oh, okay. And we would have pulled in, stopped and gone to the bounty house. But they understood my child's pain, which didn't look like pain that you or I would feel, but to him, it was real. He was bored and he wanted something to do. And that bouncy house looked fun. So mom, can we stop? And so they got it. That is effective. That's understanding the pain. And when I'm there, they happen to have a nice advertisement about their dance company. And now I'm hearing it because I'm in a position to hear it. But if they just stuck a little wave, a little banner with the waving in the wind sign with the copy that said, now enrolling dance studio, I wouldn't have cared. But they heard me. They heard my pain. They knew how they could address it, and they did. And that is brilliant. That is brilliant. That's what we get to be. We get to figure out the pain of our prospect, and we get to go there. All right, guys, we're going to go on a quick break, and then we'll wrap all of this up. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I will see you after this short break.
0: Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at kathleenreeson.com. That's kathleenreeson.com. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. So we have been talking all about the number one reason people aren't buying what you're selling. We've talked about that reason being we're making it all about us. No, we're not narcissists, but we don't realize that a lot of times we speak in a language that's really about us. Now hiring, now enrolling, opening up the doors. Come on, you guys, this is going to be amazing talking about the solution. Those are all things that are about us, not about our client, our prospect. So we get to do the work of understanding what it is that's really relevant to them, what their pain points are. And the beautiful thing is you don't even have to do a lot of work. You can actually just go ask your prospects and say, what are your pains? Tell me about what it is that keeps you up at night. Tell me And you just keep asking them questions, and they'll tell you this. You don't have to magically go and do some research and pay a ton of money. Just go ask your prospects. My goal this week, I get to talk to five executives, five business owners. They're also executives, but, but two different type of criteria. And I get to ask them for feedback on my value proposition, on me addressing their pain points. Is it landing? Okay, so that's the first question. Does this, does this make sense to you? When I say, does this land, I'm saying, does this make sense to you? And then follow it up with, if it's a yes, how much would you be willing to pay for this? That's a pretty open-ended question. So when I ask it, I don't leave it open-ended. I give them specific amounts, $2,000 a month, $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month. 50,000 a month, whatever that is for you, but you give them some requirements so that they can pick choices. Otherwise they'd be like, yeah, $5 sounds good. Cool. I'm good. If you are the slinky company and you've been paying $3 a month or $3 for a little item, $5 seems pretty good. So you have to really think about what kind of, how you want to lead them. So you get the answers that you want. So you can have the information, the data that's going to support you. Okay, so so think about that. Get your data. And then once you know the pain points of your prospects, then you get to craft it into the statement that will land. Just as we were using the explanation of the bridge, we are standing on one side of the bridge saying, hey, it's so beautiful over here. No one cares. They don't hear it. They're like, she's crazy you've ever gotten that feedback, that's why you're speaking about you, not about them and why it's relevant to them. So when you can reach into the minds, hearts, eyes, and soul of your prospect, that's how you get them to buy. Because the reality is no one cares about you. I don't mean that no one truly cares about you. Like your mom cares, your dad cares, your friends care. I care. But I mean, they care about themselves and how they can see what you're offering that will support them. And so speak into their pain, go deep and really be relevant with that information. And once you have it, then use that. Like that becomes your 30 second message. Don't say, I help, we help, we do this. No one cares. Remember what I said when you don't know who to call, You call me and I answer. And here are some of the things we talk about. When you don't know who to call, you call me and I answer. And here are some of the things we talk about. Okay, so I can't wait till I'm sitting in a coffee shop or I'm on a stage and somebody says, Kathleen, what exactly do you do? And I'll say, oh my gosh, I have the coolest job. I either speak on a stage or I sit back and people call me. Like they call me and I answer. Like, what do you mean people call you and they answer? You get paid to, for people to call you and, I, and you answer? Well, yeah. And that's essentially what I do. And I'm not making this up. Like, that's what I do. People call me and I answer and they pay me for that because when they call me, I get that they are working through some really big stuff. And what they need in that moment is somebody to support them in getting to clarity and focus. And committed action, because when we're there, when we're in clarity, focus, and committed action, and when we're moving forward, that's when we're most productive. That's when we're joyful. You remember, back in June, we did an entire month of joy. It was a month of joy. It was a beautiful month. We we talked about the neuroscience of emotions. We talked about joy and creativity. We talked about just why joy is so important at work and at home in our lives, in our businesses. It's something that you you cannot erase. But when we are stuck in our own stuff, we're not experiencing joy. Our productivity tanks. We can't make critical decisions. So this job is really important. And if the number one thing that executives are facing right now is isolation, it's isolation, then we get to do something about it. So think about that for you. What is it that makes it so important for your prospects to talk to you? What problem are you solving that if you weren't here, it wouldn't get solved? When you can answer that and you can, you can clearly state your reason for being, guess what happens? Your prospects do line up. Your employees want to be there. And they understand why they're there. They understand their purpose and their mission. And guess what happens? To your retention, it increases. When I told you earlier about the guy, the manufacturer that called me up and said, We need to find 200 employees in six months. And we did it. We found 200 employees in five months. And their retention rate was 25%. Guess what happened? We grew that retention rate. And they didn't have to hire 200 employees again because don't want to be in that position. You can only do that once. That's an expensive game to play. I didn't want to play it again. I didn't want to play it again. It's a lot of work. It worked the first time, but then we get to focus on retention. And so next week, what we're going to talk about is the great resignation. It's called the great resignation. Why should I care? That's what we're talking about. The great resignation is this. What happens if 50% of your workforce walked out the door? Think about that. What would happen if 50% of your workforce left tomorrow? They all put in their two weeks notice and they were gone. Now, I'm not just pulling that number out of anywhere. That's actually a statistic that's referencing the number of employees. It's here in the U.S., but I use that number anywhere in the world, but I'm located here in the U.S. And that number says 50% of employees are considering leaving their current employment within the next year. That's the reality. There are reasons for that. We'll talk about that next week. But this is a big deal. I asked. So I went to my mentors on Friday. I talked to you about that. I walked in and I said, What would happen? He runs this re- retirement community. What would happen if 50% of your workforce left today? And he says, We'd close down. Whew, a punch to the stomach. We would close down. But actually, that's the answer that most people would say. If you're running a business and 50% of your workforce left, would you keep going or close it down? And so we, there are things that we can do as executives to say, hey guys, let's talk about this. You can either pull the sheet over your face and just pretend it's not happening or you can really be in touch with your employees and we can use a lot of these things that we talk about on the show every single week to put together, have these conversations so that you have an idea of where your employees stand and you can actually talk to them about it. We had an employee that wanted to leave one time, comes up, comes up to us and says, hey, I think I'm gonna leave. We had an excellent conversation and guess what? He ended up staying. He's one of our most valuable employees today. But it's because we have those conversations. It's because we're willing to have these hard conversations, these tough conversations. And you can too. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. The number one reason people aren't buying what you're selling, it's because in the past, you made it about you, but not anymore. Now it's about the client. Find their pain, sell into it. Thank you so much for listening this week. I will talk to you next week. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.